2: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast here in Portsmouth. I'm with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here.
3: I, I keep waiting for the days of our live soundtrack music to play to open this I podcast. I know.
2: Uh, I mean, and it's not even really our drama, but my God, what a day in the National Hockey League today.
3: Peripherally, it's, uh, it's, it's Blue Jackets drama.
2: Yeah, it does, a, it does connect in some way. Uh, it's a little after four o'clock Eastern here, and the New York Rangers today have fired John Davidson and General Manager Jeff Gorton. That is the John Davidson you would know from Blue Jackets uh, fame, Mr. Brick by Brick. Uh, he's only, it's only been two years with the Rangers, Allison, and today the uh, Rangers made a uh, stunning move. Uh, owner James Dolan fires uh, J.D., fires Gorton. With a, just a few games left of the season, apparently the owner want the owner put out a rather firmly worded statement. His top top hockey operations people weren't exactly supportive of the statement, or maybe it has to do with the fact that the team and the owner's eyes didn't perform up to snuff this year. That seems a little ridiculous to me, but this is all sort of coming into focus a little bit. We'll, we'll learn more. Throughout the day and the coming days, for sure. But Allison, your initial uh, impressions of this huge story that relates to a former Blue Jackets employee?
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's shocking. I can't remember a bigger meltdown since the uh, the trade was one for one a few years ago. Right. Um, yeah. It just it seems whatever the reason, it honestly seems short sighted. I mean, if it's if it's related to the statement. The Rangers, much like the Blue Jackets, their season is over in five days. Yes. Just just wait five days. Correct. Just wait five days. It's fine. Nothing major is going to happen in five days that hasn't already happened. And if it's related to performance, you know, I this has been a very curious organization to watch because I think most would agree that their plan to contention was accelerated by their luck in the draft lottery and Artemi Panarin, obviously, but... It, It does not surprise me where they are right now. The the window really starts to open in a couple of years, and there's no sense in rushing that and ruining assets. And if it is performance-related, why is your coach still employed? And, And nothing against David Quinn. I don't know the man, but if it's that, how is he exempt? So I just find it all, honestly, this is dramatic. It's overly dramatic. Like, whatever the reason is, this could have been handled in a much less dramatic way. In yeah. my
2: opinion. <laughs> I th- I think the idea that it has nothing to do with the statement or the events of the last couple of days is just utter bullshit.
3: Fair enough. I wouldn't disagree.
2: I, I just think that's preposterous. Because like you said, if if you're not happy with the trajectory of the organization, which I don't know how you can not be, this this it's going exactly as to plan. Exactly. This is this is what's been laid out. They weren't supposed to be great this year. They're supposed to right. continue to get better this year. And they've done just that. They look like a team next year that's going to be a, a, a handful in the Metro when things get back to the normal order of things here in this world hopefully uh, when the Metro's back together they look like a team that's going to be a handful. Um, man and I, I, you know what prompted this? Well you know, of course um, the owner was pissed off at, at, uh, at and rightfully so by the way at the NHL for not doing anything. Sent out an absolutely bombastic statement and and I, you know what the state I love the statement because it's entertaining as hell. It's kind of unprofessional as a statement, uh, in my opinion. the words that he said, he, of course he has every right to say them. It read more like a quote you would give to a reporter in a conversation than an official statement from a team.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I still loved it though, but they're they're calling for the the um, a, a member of the NHL front office to be fired. Um, pretty bold statement. I, there's no way that this has nothing to do. That it's purely coincidental, and I'm not. I'm not doubting the reporting of people who are passing that along because I'm sure that's what's being said. What's what's being told. Right. Um, but something prompted this to be urgent, uh, urgent in, in matter.
3: Yes, it, you know, and and the statement. You know, again, the targeted nature of the statement. I. Agree with you. I think that's something that is said more, perhaps colloquially or in an interview. Um, I appreciate the underlying point, yep. and I don't disagree with the underlying point. I think that my gosh, there's like drama upon drama. I have to specify which drama I'm speaking <laughs> of. the The Tom Wilson incident is bullshit, as, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Um, so yes. I have no problem with the organization standing up to that, and I have no problem with an organization that has weight in the league. Trying to effort change, their players were also quite vocal about it yesterday in their availability from the quotes and the videos that were shared from that availability. Um, but yes, as you say, the like anything, it's it's all in the delivery. And yeah. you know, when you start singling out individuals, particularly for something like this, which we know has layers upon layers. Eh, I loved it, but eh, yeah, you know,
2: oh, entertaining as hell, yeah.
3: And how do you put it out? If well, if that goes out without everyone on the same page, how does that even happen? Like, the, well, I, I just, it's mind-blowing.
2: The owner says, send this out. I know. End of story. I know. And that's but how that still... owner works, too. It's not a collaborative situation. Uh, now, we, we asked um, <laughs> listeners to this program, uh, I, I think it was like a half second before the news <laughs> broke, like, hey, if you guys have any questions, uh, throw them in here. And then this happens. And so now every question is, we'll, we'll answer We'll get, we'll get to other ones as well. But the, the big one is, oh, my God, could John yeah. Davidson come back to Columbus? And I think it's a little raw. I, I mean, I think it's unlikely, but it's a little fresh and raw right now to to – I'm not going to call or text him right now. <laughs> had my finger on the phone. I was like, eh, no, not right now. Eh, things are a little rough right now. Um, so th- that's that'll come. But um, John Davidson sold his house here a year ago, February. <laughs> His office doesn't even exist anymore, Allison. They've remodeled right. the the upstairs. That's right. That's um, right. I think they could use a person in that chair. John Davidson's is a uh, he's a benefit to literally any organization in the NHL. Hell, I think the way that he operates, he could be a benefit to any organization, any professional sports organization. Period. Maybe beyond the sports world, he has that sort of presence about him. Um, You know this team's lost a lot the last couple of years at the top. Davidson Zito, Um, so you know stranger things in the world have happened. I think it's a little bit raw uh, just yet now to talk about the possibility of it. Um, I think he would be welcomed back here. I think the the people would welcome him with open arms. Allison, your thoughts?
3: I, I agree, and and I also very much agree with your point that the organization could use him if he wanted to come back and. I'm sure we'll get into this, but you know, we we've talked about the topic of why players leave a million times. And, and you put out a fantastic piece, in my opinion, this week. Um, speaking to some former Blue Jacket players who've also seen other teams and how they operate in the league. And, and you know, it is my opinion, and I'm sure there are some that will disagree with me, that it, it's very possible some of those concerns, not all, but some of those concerns raised in that article, are perhaps smoothed over or perhaps less uh hurtful i I don't want to overstate um if someone like john davidson is in the mix um so yes him coming back would i don't think there's anyone who would disagree i think that this is a man who's earned the right to decide what he wants to do next um and and that will probably dictate the conversations that may or may not come in the future
2: yeah john davidson is also 68 years old
3: yes with a Beat up body from his years in the league.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, you know, by, by all means, he could easily, easily retire and have absolutely nothing, nothing to fret about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think if if he's still passionate about working in the game, I think Columbus is a place you'd have to consider. He said it as when he left. We'll take him at his word. He would not leave this job if it weren't for the New York Rangers, which, of course, were near and dear. Uh, to his heart, as a former player and broadcaster, there so something to keep in mind. Again, I think it's unlikely, but you, you rule nothing out. You rule nothing that's right. out. That's right. Um, and all of this started, Allison, because of because of the actions of, of Tom Wilson. I, I shouldn't say this. We don't know. We don't know exactly what the link is, but this drama that's <laughs> continuing today between the Capitals and the Rangers as they prepare to pay tonight. It's all rooted in the Tom Wilson stuff, um, bashing Bushnevich in the head, body slamming Panarin. Mm. Um, we're all familiar with Tom Wilson. Uh, $5,000 fine. Insane. That's the, uh, yeah, that's it, it, like a $95 fine for someone making hundred grand. It's insane. Um, it's nothing. And he continues to, to run roughshod uh not just over other players in the league but in my opinion over the league like he's he's one of the few guys left that's left that plays plays like this and you've got an entire league that's not equipped to handle him expecting the it's almost like a school kid expecting the teacher and the principal to take you're, you're going to take care of this right and the school teacher and the principal have absolutely no interest apparently in in doing this so it continues um your thoughts on the fact that Tom Wilson not only gets to come back in that game and score a goal, but is playing tonight. And the sad and difficult thing is I think the Rangers would love to respond tonight. Who the hell's going to do that? They're, well, they're not built exactly. that way. They exactly. they have no capacity to do that. And so who's to say that Wilson doesn't run rough shot over them again tonight. And one can say now he does so with the league's approval.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I have very strong opinions on this, and, and I might be showing my age, but in the original Coming to America, not the, se- the sequel, which I hear is very good, but the original, there's a, there's a quote at the end when Eddie Murphy, who's the prince, wants to marry a commoner. And the king says, well, he can't, he can't marry a commoner. That's the, that, those aren't the rules. Who am I to say the rules can change? And the queen looks at him and says, I thought you were king. And th- this is the point. At some point, and and, at a much smaller degree, it's, it's the same crap from when they didn't take back the goal, when Carolina scored, when they shouldn't have in Columbus with that messed up call on the ice. If you're the league, if your job is to market your league and find integrity in your sport and be able to defend things being done the right way, and listen, it's fine to say so that at the end of the day you maximize your profits, that's your job. And this player, uh, many a former player, Jody Shelley, former Blue Jacket, was not in favor of Tom Wilson's actions. John Scott, for goodness sake, came out and said he was not in favor of these actions. This whole, well, we can't do that. That's unprecedented. Well, you know what? Make it precedented. It's time. This is irresponsible behavior, in my opinion, we were talking about this on Twitter today. There are plenty of players. One that is near and dear to Blue Jackets fans' hearts is Josh Anderson, who are physical, who play with their bodies, who play with physicality, who also are talented, which is the real rub here, is that Tom Wilson is a talented player.
2: Damn good hockey player.
3: You do not have to injure people and then go stand on the bench or wherever he was and giggle with glee about it after the fact. And particularly, again, I go back to the responsibility of the league. Artemi Panarin is one of your most valuable assets. Most valuable. I I stand that he is one of the top five forwards in the league and has been. Jody Shelley said this earlier today. You have to have awareness of who you're engaging with, what their condition is. Panarin didn't even have a helmet on. There is nothing you can tell me that makes that decision, particularly for a repeat offender who's had double-digit game suspensions in the past, make what happened in terms of their ruling okay. And here's the thing, when you don't do things the right way, guess what happens? All the shit rolls downhill and we get team statements and we get players saying crap and we've got players defending each and it's all, and who's going to defend their, like now we're dealing with a bunch of crap when it had just been handled the right way from the beginning we'd be moving forward with things that we're supposed to be focusing on. And yet here we are.
0: Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer. If you ask us, make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover.
1: You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: And so I, I think there's going to be a response to this in, in one of two ways. And I don't mean tonight, but I mean long term. Mm-hmm. Um, because and we've seen this. I don't think the Blue Jackets are equipped to play Tom Wilson right now.
3: I agree. 100%. I don't think
2: I don't think I think there's probably 12 15 teams in the league that are not equipped to handle that player. And there's nothing more shameful or embarrassing for hockey players or a hockey team than to see one of their own get ragged all beat up and not be able to do anything about it. It it crushes the soul of a team. You saw mm-hmm. Pittsburgh earlier this season a player, and it's always a borderline hit with Tom Wilson. He's smart in that respect. And he took out a Penguins player. They literally had nothing they could do in response to it. So they all sit on the bench, and I'm not just talking about the Penguins. The Rangers are the same way. They sit on the bench, they try not to make eye contact, and they just hope that it goes away, which is the worst thing you can do. It's it's terrible for morale, terrible. And so two things now are going to happen, and I think we're starting to see the first part of it already. is teams are starting to look for six foot three and six foot four, two hundred and ten pound guys that can skate, and which sounds funny, which shouldn't they have always been doing this? But they're willing to give up speed and high end skill, and they're starting to look at more muscle. And you're starting to see it in drafts already. Uh, they need that guy. They want that guy. Not an enforcer, a big guy that can throw his body around. Um, and the other thing you're, you, I think you're going to see is, is it reminds me of the the very very early days of the Blue Jackets when they were really small, and they didn't have Jody Shelley on their team. They had fighters, they had tough guys, guys who would fight. I should say, Lyle Odeline was here, but he was their top defenseman. They didn't want him fighting all the time. Kevin Danine was here, but he was five foot eight, and an older guy, five foot nine. He'll get mad at me. Sorry, five foot nine and a half probably, and an older guy, and so but but they had they let it be known and this is this is not something that anybody wants to think about necessarily but when they would play teams like detroit who really didn't play that way either so that's probably not a great example say chicago they would it would be known we're not going to fight you um who was the tough guy for chicago back at the time they had a million of them. Ryan Vandenbush um, Bob Probert. They had a ton of guys that could fight. Well, they had, The Blue Jackets had nobody in that weight class till Shelly joined them the second year. So we're, we're not going head-to-head head with that guy. But when that guy takes out one of our guys, you can be damn sure we're taking out one of yours. And so it's not a direct thing. It's it's uh, you do this, we'll do that. And the Blue Jackets, and this was always Deneen's point, was you've got a lot more to lose than we do. Trust me. You've got some big time players over there, some some six, seven million dollar players a year that you really wouldn't want to see go through this, would you? And so if you're the Rangers tonight, there's nobody on that team that wants Tom Wilson. But you'd better believe there are guys in the Rangers bench that are thinking, all right, Baxton's mine. I'm giving it to Kuznetsov tonight. I'm going after John Carlson tonight. And let Wilson do what he wants to do. He comes after us. We're taking, we're not taking him out. We're taking out other guys on his team. And does, do they want to go into the playoffs without one of these guys? Because that's the option now. And that's, that's sort of frontier justice the NHL would hate. But it's also what they've fostered. By, by not handling it, by letting one guy run amok like this when other teams have gotten away from it, this is where it's at. I think it's going to be one of those two things, and it may be a little bit of both of them.
3: And, see, and that, that just makes me more and more angry. To be honest, I think that the, if, if that is the truth, then the, the problem's only going to get worse. Because, again, as I said, what I appreciated was, at least in this moment, an organization was willing to stand up and say it is time for a change. Because two summers ago, and I've talked about this on this show before for people who've been listening for a while, two summers ago, or whatever, time is irrelevant. I spent that summer reading so many of the stories of NHL players, Derek Bogard, Steve Montador, who have been lost to CTE or CTE-related symptoms. And my issue with, look, I, appreci- I appreciate players like Josh Anderson. I appreciate the good side of Tom Wilson's game. He's, he's a talented player. Marcus Fellino. Another player who, who, was, who plays physically, Nick Foligno, arguably, to some extent, plays physically on the edge. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, no hitting, da-da-da-da-da, so do not misunderstand my words, but this individual is irretrievably potentially damaging other human beings, and fine, it didn't used to be this way, but we didn't know what we know now. And if anyone wants to argue about this with me, I will have this discussion once you read either Game Change by Ken Dryden or Boy on Ice by John Branch. And then let's have the conversation because this shit is not okay. It's not worth it to have what happens to these players. And if you're now going to go get this big guy who can quote unquote just skate, you are literally making these individuals sacrificial lambs. And this is a regression and it is taking advantage of an individual who probably wants nothing more than to play in the NHL rather than advancing the game. And I think the league has to take a hard look at themselves. These players who are starting to speak up have to exert their influence because if this is going to regress back to Bush League justice on the ice and headhunting and bringing in not goons, but close to it, this game is, is going to be a lot worse before it gets a lot better. And you know what? Again, if all we want to talk about is money, ultimately, the product's going to suffer because at the very least, there's going to continue to be these class action lawsuits.
2: Here's a quote from Mark, from Molly Walker of the New York Post. She does a, a great job. She's quoting Mark Messier, and this is a fresh quote. And this is stunning. And this goes to right, just what I was talking about. This is Messier, quote, in my opinion, if you're going to win, you've got to be able to win in the street and in the alleys. I particularly would not have built a team that didn't have answers in this regard.
3: Okay. You
2: know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I, I mean. I,
3: but but this, is, this is the fine line, though. This is what I'm saying. D-d-d- now, we have talked, and I agree, that the Blue Jackets have lost a physical side to them. No question. But do I want them to be built to, quote-unquote, handle Tom Wilson? No, I want them to be able to hold their own on the ice and I want the league to step in and say that intentionally, repeatedly, physically harming players outside the game itself is not okay and you will be punished.
2: And we don't disagree on that, but my point is, and, and I don't think we necessarily disagree on this either, if you don't believe in the second part, if you don't trust your second part that the league is going to handle this and do this the right way, we know they're not we know they're not going to like we don't need any more proof that they're not going to they aren't and so that's and, and i'm not supporting i'm not supporting the frontier justice i'm saying this is where it's going to go if the league continues to show teams that they're not going to take care of a roster like the rangers or I they're agree. not going to take care of a roster like the penguins or the what the blue jackets are now um the islanders can handle tom wilson they can't. There's a few teams that can't. I don't think Toronto can. Toronto cannot handle Tom Wilson. No. Um, so do, what does the league want to do about that? Does the league want to dial back Tom Wilson? And that's if they do, then they need to be much more firm on his punishment. Or do they want to dial up the physicality of the Maple Leafs? Right. And if they want to do that, then they're doing it the right way. Yes. Because the teams are going to start looking for it. Yes. And maybe that's why Davidson and we'll find out more in the coming days. Maybe, maybe that pissed off Dolan as much as anything, having a team that couldn't respond physically uh, to one of the tougher guys in the league. Who knows? Maybe he felt like his, his macho ego had been questioned through all of this. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, that's, and again, that's, we are saying similar things. It. it, it this is what I'm, this was my point. I'm sick of this. Well, you know, it's because they can't because of this and this is what's agreed to. You know what? This is not okay. Yeah. So do the unprecedented thing and fix it so it doesn't happen again. Because if you don't fix the root problem, the symptoms just keep happening over and over and over again. The cancer yeah. is going to metastasize. So let's fix it because honestly, it's ridiculous. It it is it is ridiculous, and it would be one thing if you know a couple of years ago when Tom Wilson injured Alexander Wenberg and other players. Even at that time, there was some degree of well, the players just playing. But I mean, he's he's standing and and supervising the ice after last last night's incident. Yeah, like like oh. the, the, he, he's aware of what's oh. going on. The King man the is not stupid. Totally. So. It, so we're past this, oh, he's just, you know, this really big guy and he doesn't know his size and he doesn't know what he's doing. No, fix the frickin' problem. You know he has a problem because you've suspended him how many times now? Fix it. We're we're at that point.
2: And there's so many other times there you could have been suspended too.
3: A, a million I mean, percent.
2: The Carlo hit earlier this year against Boston I thought was mm.
3: just
2: disgusting. Egregious.
3: Egregious. Disgusting. Yeah.
2: It's disgusting. Um, but there's, there's um, a bunch of those a year.
3: For mm-hmm. him. And For again, him. he's a great hockey player. Be that.
2: Yeah,
3: you can be that. It is possible to be that. But don't don't do this this stuff. It's it's just not cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's uh now I'm all riled up, Porty. Yeah, let's get to I don't even know if this is, <laughs> it's more interesting. Maybe and maybe it's less interesting now because it's been out for a few days. Allison, what did you think of the former players speaking about what it's like to be a blue jacket? They waited on tortorella uh they waited on the city, they weighed in on the organization, they waited on negotiating a contract with Yarma, what they'd changed, etc. It's up on the Athletic site if you want to check it out. Um, your thoughts?
3: Yeah. I mean, again, I said this at the, at the top. I, I, I commend you. I thought it was a job well done. Um, this, As pretty much everyone should know, this is a question. And while it certainly pertains to other teams in the league, this is a question that specifically has besieged the Blue Jackets in recent years. And, you know, oftentimes the only narrative that comes out is, well, no one likes Columbus, hardy, har, har, har. Yeah. And I think that it was important for for some, maybe this this was not news, Um, but, you know, I think that it was important to hear other points of perspective. Um, I think that, you know, it does point to things that maybe could be done a little bit differently. and you know, there were a couple really poignant moments in, in your story to me. I mean, the one in particular where a, a bunch of players are, are sitting around the locker room, not sure if they're coming back or not. Um, I, I think it raises it, for people who are willing to have a conversation about it. I think it raises some really interesting questions of how do you maintain a core? What is the strategy to maintain a core, right? Like when is it right to build? And when is it time to say, no, it's, is time to build on the youth. I think that, that, there's some very compelling conversations that can come out of that. I thought that was very poignant. Um, and I, th- I think it is important to explore lessons that organization and players can take from the experiences to, to fix the problem. Because again, as we have said all year, there's a kernel of truth in everything. And even if some people think this is largely a perception problem... Unfortunately, perception is reality, and so there there has to be action to to fix that. Um, I I thought I thought it was a a really nice piece. I think there, I know people have a ton of follow up questions, but I think that as you very clearly laid out what the article was supposed to do, um, I thought it I thought it did a great job.
2: Well, thanks. So the, the the sort of the genesis of it was many many years ago. The blue jackets were. Uh, early years of the franchise. This is probably five, two thousand five or six. We we spent a lot of time talking to scouts because the blue. If you listen to the Blue Jackets broadcast, or if you listen to then GM Doug McLean, all you heard about was how good things were, how great their young talent was, how close they were to winning. And people were like, "Why do we hear that every year?" <laughs> and it n- never gets anywhere. So. We set about, myself and Michael A. Race, who uh, I, this is when I worked at the dispatch, the Columbus dispatch, we set about to talk to scouts. Um, so over a month long stretch, we'd peel about. you know, where the scouts sit in the yeah. building, we'd go back and say, Hey, you got a second? Yeah. You know, go over the, let's talk about the Ross. What do you see with this team? So these are guys that watch the game at a granular level and they'd go through and, and they would describe it and, in order to really be open with it and frank with it, they, they're they not going to put their name on it because, A, their boss would fire them for talking about another team's, and B, they may someday want to work there. Right. Um, so that's how you get the true, clear answers. And we got so much stuff from so many people talking about the Blue Jackets back then that I think we ran it as a double truck, which in newspaper speak is the center of the section where it's it's both sides of the whole sheet of the paper. And fans loved that because it was, wow, like this is what real hockey people who don't take a paycheck from that team mm-hmm. think about this team. And and in many cases, and I've heard that about this one too, it was like, yes, that's what I've been saying. Like mm-hmm. finally some, some clarity or some uh, expression of what is real and what I've seen, what I believe to be true, and this is supporting it. And it feels like it's not—it's not nearly as hopeless this organization now as it was then. Mm-hmm. But they're at a major crossroads right now, mm-hmm. and it feels like if, if Pierre luc Dubois won't say why he's leaving, if Josh Anderson left and it was kind of cloudy why he was leaving, those two situations really aren't that different. One just happened in the off season; one in, in the during the season. What is going on here? uh what 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 do the players think yep and and so you know you have to if you want real answers and frankness and guys to speak freely you you do i don't like to do it a lot but you do have to grant anonymity in that case Mm -hmm. um and so and and really people i've you were kind enough to say it other people have said it too a great job writing that and i really didn't write it i asked the questions and got out of the way Right, um, and let those guys talk. And I think that was really, if it were a story, I don't think it would have been as clear and concise as the people just actually saying it
3: mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. bluntly and flatly yeah. and true. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, and you know the other, you know, I I sit and say there are things to fix. You know, the other thing that that, and and we have, we talk about this on so many things. Very few things are one hundred percent black and white, right? So yep. much is nuance Absolutely. and and you know, particularly as it looks like this is going to be John Tortorella's final season with with Columbus, I appreciated the comments on him as well. Mm -hmm. And that every coach can have a shelf life. Torts is probably at the end of his. Um, But, you know, I've talked about this a couple times. At the beginning of last season, I I did a piece on coaching impacts, which coaches have impact. And at the time, players who had been under a quote-unquote bad coach would just mention things like. Play games, or you know these very nebulous terms to describe a bad coach, and you know I I really appreciated. They have started to come out in other circumstances, and I always kind of filed them away and like, aha, that's what they meant. Um, But you know, here I love the the quote that you know other coaches try and be torts and they can't pull it off. Um, But you know that there is, and this is not about punishing unfairly, but there is value to a room to see that even if you're Artemi Panarin or Patrick Linea or whomever, if things aren't up to snuff, you're going to get the same treatment as, right. and of course, you know, I love a good Lucas Sedlak mention as, as Lucas Sedlak. And th- that insight, again, nothing's ever black or white, towards, has his good moments and his bad moments, but it speaks to the complexity of the coach and the good that he did, even if now perhaps this hasn't been his brightest shining moment as, as he leaves.
2: Yeah, and even one of the players saying, first thing i do is fire Tortorella. Yep. But I loved him, and I could have used him as a coach (laughs) when I was 20. (laughs) Like, uh, okay. Sure, yeah. Sure. I also thought it was worth telling, and I don't think this is a small part of it either, is the issue with self-promoting and Mm -hmm. promoting this team, Mm -hmm. the marketing of this team. And I think that's something that is going to have to change.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's how you change the perception, like a million percent. I I, I think of it this way, like it, it's a weird analogy, maybe, but young kids, the young younger players, it's not that they don't like Columbus; it's that they they don't know Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, if the Patagonia backpack is the one that's in style that everybody in school has, that's the one you want, and you don't want right. the Columbia backpack. Right. And it has nothing to do with the pockets or the zippers or the shoulder hold on the, on the. it's what's cool.
3: And sometimes you may actually want it, but it's not cool to want it.
2: Correct. And yeah. sometimes when you, but when you're 30 years old, you don't give a damn, just give me the backpack. Let's go. That's right. That's right. And, and I, I, I think Columbus is not alone at all. I think it's in the same group as St. Louis, probably Nashville, Ottawa, like you could pick 12, 15 cities that are of of okay i'll go there i'm not like woo i can't wait to get there i've always wanted to go there right um so i i don't think the city works for them in and of itself but once a player gets here i, I don't think it's a burden at all but the one thing that just sort of the overarching thought was if if it's if the place has not been made special by winning and it hasn't. They've won one playoff series in 20 years. If it, if it doesn't have the gift of an incredible geographical location, LA, Miami, whatever, if it's not in a major metro, metropolitan area, uh, Toronto, Montreal, Chicago, New York, whatever, then you need to do something to build that up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, none of them are easy, but win. Yep. Um, have a Connor McDavid type player that players will crave playing with. Um, overpay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may have to overpay. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there this week, and they signed a, a kid that's played mostly in the East Coast Hockey League to a one way contract for next season for seven hundred fifty thousand. And I'm thinking, God damn! If the Seth Jones negotiation comes down to seven hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. yep, like that, that if that is even an issue, yep, holy smokes! Like, yep. what?
3: Well, um, yeah, and, and there are things too that don't have to cost money either, right? I mean, remember, even when the bubble started last year, players were. Tweeting and posting pictures of, of where teams put personalized pictures in their rooms when they showed up at their hotels, yeah. or if if these kids are, are mainly living around the arena district or wherever, you know what? Put them in a nice car, a car they like, and make sure they know whatever they like. Make sure they know where to find that. If they like food, take them to German Village. Show them Lindy. Show them whatever. Yes. Take them. Take them to Grandview. Show them what's there. If they want to go shopping, take them to you know the custom. Suit maker, whatever, up at Polaris, so they know that there's more than just Easton. Yeah, make sure that there's special birthday cards in their in their room or in their whatever. I don't know, right. but there are things that you can do that cost money to make a player feel valued. Totally get that, but there are also things you can do that that don't. You know, and and I remember when Chris Carter, Chris Carter, my gosh, Chris Clark, and his wife came to Columbus, and, and that was really the genesis of when the wives started to get together. And, and form a group and a network and a support and say, you know, here's... And these things matter. And these are the ties that that end up creating that word that gets thrown around so much loyalty that, that maybe doesn't come just because of a paycheck. Right. And interestingly, yeah. side note, Shane Goss' bear just got suspended two games for boarding Pittsburgh Mark Friedman. So there's that.
2: So they got mad at Tom Wilson and suspended Shane Goss' bear.
3: Sounds fair.
2: Yeah. Huh. I mean, gosh despair should have cross-checked somebody in the back of the head and body slammed somebody else. I don't know what he was thinking. And then he would have been fine. He's got to be smarter.
3: We're terrible. He's got
2: to be smarter. Um, all right, anything else to add,
3: Allison? My goodness gracious, I oh, will. Well, you we we can't ask for was, yeah. questions
2: and then not oh, yes, take please. them, for God's sakes. Hang please. on a second here. Hold with me. Just a couple minutes here while I figure out the old Twitter machine.
3: Aporty, I must take this moment while you look. Yes. Much praise to you and much Whoa, recognition for, for the threading of tweets that's been going on on your account. Good job. I'm proud well, of you. You know. Good job.
2: That's uh, lots of JD stuff.
3: mm mm-hmm.
2: JD returning to Columbus. Is JD returning to Columbus? Yeah. Um, Kyle Z uh, Z says, are there any examples of veteran players signed from European leagues with no NHL experience?
3: Artemi Panarin.
2: Referencing Danforth and Hoffman here, uh, who have had any sort of success at the NHL level.
3: I I gave you one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's some great examples. Uh, Isn't it wild that Panarin never got drafted? It's insane. It is crazy. Uh, One little bit of news. Chinikov. Uh, sorry, Shinakov yes. is uh, likely to be in Columbus by the end of the month.
3: It's exciting.
2: Yeah, good for him. And uh, he's going to stay for a couple of weeks, check it out, see what's going on in this in this uh, city, and then head back. But he has signed a contract. He's going to be here next year. Um, yeah, it looks like everything's JD. Can JD come back? Again on JD, possible. It, it would be an incredible story.
3: Imagine it seems if he,
2: unlikely, but...
3: He and hey. Nick Foligno come back next year. Can you imagine? Oh, my God.
2: All in one day. Hey, uh, John Davidson, if you're coming, bring bring bread.
3: <laughs> and we mean the player, not... Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just just bring, bring bread, and yes. you can come in. Yes. I might even shoot him a note jokingly asking him if he comes to he'll be welcome back if he brings Brett
3: I mean he is he is he is a smaller player he can probably just fit him in his bag that's true just pocket that little guy like
2: a little paper wrapper and put him in it perfect yeah perfect
3: and and Mr. Rizzy the little puppers we love the little puppers
2: is that the dog's name
3: yeah oh come on don't you remember Mr. Rizzy
2: the only only Blue Jackets dog I know is Kobe
3: we gotta work on that there's lots of good dogs Scott Harrington has two adorable pups Zach Wierenski has a golden doodle I think it's a golden doodle very cute puppers
2: yeah can they play center
3: (laughs) they may have to
2: (laughs) all right allison thanks for your time thanks everybody for listening we'll be back this is the last regular season front nationwide we'll be back next week with a wrap up of sorts we may even have some news by then Uh, but thanks for listening as always and willie we'll talk to you soon